Darkcast Network. Out of the shadows come the best indie podcasts. Hi everyone, I'm Pat. And I'm Darcy. Welcome to the Pod of Terror, Darcy. When an investigator from LA was going through some snapshots of tattooed gang members, he came across something very interesting. A crime scene he was very familiar with. So basically it was a tattoo of one of the inmates and it represented a crime scene that they were trying to solve. Okay. That murder. Yeah, so it was a member of the Riviera 13 gang and he had a tattoo on his chest, like literally across his entire chest. That resembled the scene of a liquor store killing of a 23-year-old man in 2004. And when they realised that, you know, everything matched, like the Christmas lights on the shop and like some helicopter... Whatever, whatever. It was just like the detective was like, that sounds very, looks very familiar. So what they did, they got an undercover cop to share a cell with the guy. And then he obviously admitted to him and they were like, boom, jackpot. So I think that's the first time I've heard of someone getting done for the tattoo that, well, I mean, I bet it happens a lot with gangs, though, because they like to tattoo the weirdest shit. So I've never know. heard of anyone tattooing a crime scene. No. That's a new one. That's kind of new, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I've never seen... That's so crazy that... Like, first of all, that's so silly. Yeah. It's actually silly because it's like, look, it got him It got him done for that now. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's very clever of the police officer to remember the crime scene and to, I know. And to put it's it together. It's pretty amazing that he just looked... Because, to be fair, I looked at that tattoo and to me it just looked like fucking scribbles. You know what well, I mean? So you saw the tattoo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's in the article. If you Google it, you can find it. And I was just looking at it. I was like, okay, if you say that's a crime scene, then okay, I suppose. So that gives the police officer more um, credibility, really, to put that together. Clearly, he's very good at his job. Yeah, his name was Kevin something, I believe. But yeah. But babe, you're a tattoo person, right? Mm. Would you, like, what would you do something like that? Like, something so silly? If I committed a murder, would I tattoo it on my chest? No, I probably wouldn't, to be honest. I probably wouldn't. (laughs) Yes, you speak out, that's very weird. It's like fucking clout. Oh, I murdered this guy. I'm going to fucking tattoo but the thing on me now. I guess that's what uh, crime, um, what is it? Gang members are all about. They like yeah, to work, they, and they yeah. like to go on about the things that they've done, isn't it? That's true. That's mm. true. So it's probably yeah. It's like a portfolio on your, on your body. Like look what I've done. Yeah, weird. What have you got for us today? I've got a story for us today. We are going to Nova Scotia, Canada. Yay, Canada! Yeah, have you been to that side of Canada? Nova Scotia, no. Canada again from you. Very oh, yeah, exciting. That's right, yeah. But um, I've always been, uh, it's one of the places I want to go to. Mm. I've heard great things about the place. Like, yeah. It's really nice and fresh air and all that stuff. I think it's quite the the, the wild, wilder parts yeah. of Canada, isn't it's it? Quite, and I think it's like really small communities, mm. people know people kind of place. Yeah. Uh, that's the vibe I got from when I was reading about this particular story. Now, on Thursday the 10th of September 2015, a police officer goes missing. Oh. Yes. 36-year-old Catherine Campbell. She was born in Nova Scotia on January 1979. She was the middle child of three. And she she was basically born and bred there. She grew up there. She always wanted a service job. And she first she was a volunteer firefighter like her father. And then she became a police officer and, you know, slowly made her way up to constable in the Touro Police Department. Now, she lived in Dartmouth, which was about an hour's drive from where she worked, and she would be like constantly travelling back and forth for her work and uh, from home and work. Now, she was last seen coming into her apartment in the early morning of the 10th after she finished her shift. So she did a night shift, she got home, and uh, people had, you know, there was witnesses that saw her come into her apartment. She was reported missing on the Monday the 14th when she didn't show up for work. She didn't show up for her shift. Now, um, she's a reliable person, so immediately everyone, you know, was worried and assumed something had happened. Yeah. She lived alone, so that's probably why, um, you know, people wait till her next shift to, to report her, because she didn't live with anyone no else. No one would so. have known, yeah. Yeah, of and um, I mean, for me, personally, the only if I go missing, babe, the only reason why somebody will report it is because I actually live with family. <laughs> if I lived alone, I promise you no one will know for a month, because everyone knows how I'm like. So they'll be like, oh, this, this girl's just blanking my messages. I'm not going to lie to you. That is true. Yes. That is true. But anyway, she, <laughs> unlike me, she's, you know, she's very good. She takes her job seriously. So immediately officers at her place, her workplace were worried. Everyone was worried. So, um, yeah, so they went to look for her. Some officers drove down to her place. They knocked, no answer. They go inside and 
nothing unusual about the place. They, it looks like, you know, nobody's just, entered. Yeah. There's nothing for fishy about it at all. They found that there was no, her keys were missing, her purse was missing, her phone wasn't there. You know the bits that you carry with you? So it seems like, it looks like she had taken what she needed and she had left, you know, free will, uh, her own choice. She got up, she went, she left her apartment. Yeah. Now, um, the TV was on and the alarm was ringing continuously. But outside of that, there was definitely nothing else to say that, you know, somebody had come and taken her from her apartment. Now, they check CCTV and it shows her leaving the apartment complex, but not a returning. So a few days before the police got to her apartment, they realized that she had left a few days ago, but she didn't come back. Police do a press conference almost, you know, the next day, and um, they say that they're not expecting a positive outcome. So based on what, you know, what they saw... Already? Yeah, they just... And they're based on who she was and everything, they just... They think that there's definitely something wrong here. Mm. Now, the next day, on the 15th, her body was found near a overpass. Body was hidden very poorly. It was hidden under a box. Her face... Uh, her body was face down. An overpass, by the way, is like a bridge... It's yeah, like, yeah, it's that motorway kind yeah, of thing, kind of thing that yeah. carries one road over another. Like in the UK, we call it a flyover or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. that's basically the same thing. Mm. So it wasn't even like, they didn't even try to, you know, find a nice place to, they didn't even try hard I mean, to. murderers don't normally care too much about, no, you know. No, but like, it's just so obvious. Like if you put a drive past it's like, it's don't not, give a fuck, just they, chuck it her the out. the quickest and, place it seemed yeah. like they could get rid of her. Like it seemed that way. They found it, her keys in a bin nearby. Now, shortly after her body was found, just over an hour, the police arrested a 27-year-old Christopher Garnier. That was quick. Yes, very quick. Mm. Now, he was arrested while driving towards the dump site. Why, you might be wondering, or why so quickly? Well, basically, they were following, like, since they realized that she was missing, so the day before, they literally quickly got on to trying to find out where her whereabouts were, what she was doing, how, you know, where she had gone. Yeah. And because they were following all of the, her last whereabouts and what whatnot, they you know they they realized that this is a man that they had to speak to. Now, late Thursday, Friday morning, so we're talking like midnight. Catherine leaves her place and takes a cab to Halifax Alehouse, which is a really nice like bar, hmm. you know, drinking karaoke kind of thing kind yeah. of place. Here, she meets Christopher Garnier. He um, was a former paramedic and he was he also used to work there as a bouncer at um, at the same alehouse. CCTV shows Catherine and Garnier dancing and kissing like throughout the night. Very passionately, by the way, guys. They were like proper, really enjoying each other's company. Mm. Yeah. Did, they, did they know each other before? Did no, they just that, that night? The, they just met that night. Oh, yeah. okay. So, I um, mean, not uh, because we know how it ends, but... No. <laughs> but one at one point, her legs were wrapped around him, and staff had to, like, tell them to cool it. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I guess a certain amount of drinks, and uh, um, and just the vibe gets you to do things like I that. Mean, I mean, yeah, guess, we've yeah. all been there, haven't we've we? We've all, exactly. some questionable things on the night 100%. Out. <laughs> 100%. So they're having a good time, getting to know each other, laughing, or laughing, chilling, dancing, and they left together around 3.30 p.m., and staff members told the police who he was, because they, they he obviously knew him, yeah. So when the police came asking, because they were obviously following um, information, they found the cab driver that had dropped her, and he had told them where he had dropped her. So they, you know, they realized that this is where she was hanging out. They saw the CCTV footage and everything. Now, Christopher Garnier told a friend that worked at the same place that he had just broken up with his girlfriend. So it seemed like it might be like a rebound kind of thing. Yeah. Now, they take a cab together to his friend's place, Mitchell Devon, uh, because that is where he's been staying since his girlfriend had kicked him out. That is so incredibly sucky that he got kicked out by his girlfriend and he's bringing his new hookup to his mate's house where he's staying. That's, and he, and come on, man. Yeah, and come on. And it didn't even look like um, he had a room there. He was sleeping in the couch. Oh, my God. That's, come on. No. I mean, I guess passion takes your places, doesn't it? So. I guess. <laughs> Might as well just do it in the fucking toilets in that pub. Do you know what I mean? What the... Sure. <laughs> I'm just an old person now, so it's just a no-go in my books. If, like, if a boy tries to take me somewhere... To his or, mate's house? No, no. That's a... No. To I expect place, a little okay. bit more now. Yeah. <laughs> At least have a roommate and have your own room, not a fucking sofa in your friend's house. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> 
Okay, now um, the police go and they uh, like they go check out the place he's staying. The cab driver confirms dropping the couple off there. Now they get CCTV footage from Macaulay Street, which is where the apartment is, and CCTV footage from a laser clinic, which was on Agricola Street, which is the next street. Now, why it's important is because both those streets were connected by like this little alley, like a parking way, a parking lot and an alleyway. Yeah. It's like from, so if you go down the alleyway through a parking lot, you get to the other street. And uh, uh, luckily they had CCTV footage showing that alleyway. Now, which shows that the part is, basically that's why they managed to get both the footages. They were trying to track where he had gone. Now, just before 5 a.m., about an hour after they had get, they had got to the place, you can see a man pulling a compost bin, a green, basically like a green wheelie bin, from the place, from the apartment, and exiting the apartment area and going down the alleyway. Now, also, witnesses had, because it was around 5 a.m., people are going to work, people, you know, early early birds leaving for work and stuff. A few people had witnessed it. Yeah. I, babe, I want to say that it's suspicious, but with my shift work, I do put them out at the stupidest times o'clock. So to me, it isn't. But then. Okay, now, <laughs> the difference between you and everybody else and this guy is because he doesn't just take the bin and put it outside the apartment. He, like, walks Oh, he's taking the bin for a walk. (laughs) Fair distant, babe. He walks a fair distance with this bin. It's crazy. So so he's walking. Witnesses um, that were going to work, they see him and they they tell the police officers that it looked very heavy, like he was dragging something really heavy in the bin. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. that that, that is suspicious. A man walking the bin. Cool. Now, um, what's his name? So this guy, Garnier, he goes down the apartment road, Macaulay Street. He goes into Agricola Street past the alleyway and towards McDonald Bridge, um, which is basically where the dump site is, it was very, mm. um, just underneath the dump site. It's, he wheeled it for about three quarters of a mile, just over three quarters of a mile. Jesus. Yeah, which is just plain crazy. That is insane. That is, that's quite a workout, I would think. Yeah, but... But also, people are fucking watching you, like, yeah. you psycho, what are you doing he, with he that bin? Not, I just don't understand. How it's you... like, if you want to stick out like a sore thumb, yes, That's exactly, do that. Exactly. Do what he did. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, God, it was crazy. Now, the friend that he's, uh, the apartment he was crash, uh, crashing in, Mitchell, he didn't come that night. Reason being is he went out for some drinks and a fun time, mm. and that guy got arrested. For drinking too much or oh whatever he was doing, and they uh, they yeah so they arrested him and they kept him in a drunk tank, which is like a like a detention for for yeah. drunk people to sleep it over and get over it. So that's the reason why he never came that night. So and and uh, well, at least his alibi is sol- yeah, solid. Yeah, exactly. Like, like because it, unfortunately, whatever happened happened in his apartment. Yeah. So you know he's it's which is really just messed up. Oh my god. Who needs enemies when you've got friends like that? Exactly. Bloody hell. Not only but, do you give him a bed to sleep on, he comes over with a gal and does and some does horrific whatever, stuff. Exactly. Seriously. The friend texted Chris, uh, Christopher Garnier, what happened to the mattress? Garnier was sleeping in the pullover sofa mattress, but mm. the mattress was missing. So he texted him going, yo, what's up with the mattress? And um, Garnier responds to him saying, oh man, um, I had way too many last night, threw up all over the place, it was gross, um, I had to throw it out. The bed was closed, and he told his friend, I'm really sorry, I'll replace it, I'll buy a new one. And the mate's like, no, no, it's all right, but I was just wondering why the bed was closed and, and why, like, where you slept and stuff. And he was like, yeah, yeah, my bad, don't worry about it. Also, that weekend that followed, so this happened on a Friday, that weekend that followed, Garnier got back with his girlfriend. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So he didn't even need his friend's place now after this. Mm. Now, it didn't take the police too long to find him. When they started looking for Catherine, he was a suspect before they even found her body Mm. because they had already, you know, tracked down where she had gone. They found out who she was chilling with. So he was already uh, on the suspect list. So once they found the body, they were like, that's why they arrested him so quickly because they're like, yo, let's get this guy. Yeah. After, um, you know, they arrested him, and they actually arrested him while he was driving to the dump site. So think about that. It didn't even take them that long. They literally went to look for him, and they saw that his car was driving towards where they were. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so after they arrested him, they go and search the friend's apartment, and they found blood on the floors um, behind the telly. They found it on the Kleenex box. They found it on the handles um, of a cupboard where they were storing all the cleaning products and cleaning stuff. And it was all Catherine's blood. So she was definitely in the apartment and something definitely took place because her blood was Jesus, spotted everywhere. what happened there? Yeah. 
Now, on the computer, they found searches such as memory loss related to alcohol. Get out of here. And they and memory loss due to antidepressants. They searched his car also when they arrested him, and they found a decent amount of stuff, right? They found a green top, a, some blankets, yellow rope, work gloves, tape. They found a five-liter gas can that was like halfway full. They found a backpack containing a hoodie, sandals, some t-shirts, pants, some underwear, toiletries, his passport, a deck of cards. I'm guessing if he gets bored. Essentials, yes. Yes, and a box of um, Kiprodex, which is a medication for depression. Okay. I might have pronounced that wrong, guys, but you get it. Yeah. Antidepressants. Yeah, now think about it, babe. Based on everything I told you that was found in the car, what, what do you assume said man is going to do? Well... It's a very strange um, combination. I, I'm not liking the rope. The yeah. you know, it's... I mean, the the backpack full of all that stuff is clearly a, a runaway pack, right? Yeah, with the, the essential clothes, the the medication. It just sounds like yeah, like just in case he wants to run away, or maybe he's planning to run away. That does definitely looks mm. like it. Now, with all the other stuff, it definitely has. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean he's trying to get rid of a body. But if you were to get rid of a body or try to do something, you know, you're thinking green top gloves. Five liter gas. Maybe he was burning the body. Like, yeah. All of this does not look good. It's not. It's not. It's not no. something you want to be found in your car if you're, you know, being investigated for murder. I'm just. I'm trying to work out what kind of job you would have to do for a living for these things to make sense. And I am really struggling with finding one. I mean, yeah, I guess construction. Some sort of construction work. stuff. But even but... then. Yeah, you would have to kind of dig into it. Yeah, so, even then the gas, the five liter gas can's a bit off. Unless yeah, that doesn't make any long sense. Drives, I guess I know, but. Mm. Yeah. So, I suppose it's Canada. It's a long, you know, long oh, fair highway. Yeah, that's Maybe fair it's enough. just an emergency kind of pack, but we no, all know what's going naturally on Naturally, the police got suspicious with what they found. And obviously with the blood that they found in the, the friend's apartment, you know, they put two and two together. The autopsy came back and it showed that she had died of strangulation and had injuries, inclu- like head injuries, including a fractured nose and a black eye. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Interrogation, the interrogation lasted about nine hours and he was just, he wasn't really saying much for most of it. He was pretty much, he was crying the whole time, it looked like. He was crying nonstop the whole time. And okay. He didn't really say much outside of, I don't know and I can't remember. And, and he was just sobbing throughout the whole, the whole inter- interrogation, it seemed. Police asked him, how you, how do you say, like, how do you say that? How can you say you don't know? How can you say you don't remember? You know, um, the police officer at one point asked him, you know, I would feel bad if I had run over a dog. Now you do this and then you, all weekend, you're acting normal. Getting ha- back with your girlfriend. <laughs> having sex with your girlfriend, going to your dad's birthday party <gasps> and everyone saying that you were acting as you always did. There was nothing unusual. You were acting normal all weekend. That is something, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, because that, yeah, if everyone was like, didn't notice anything, that's the thing. If something like that happens, even if you didn't, like, you know, didn't mean it, just whatever. Yeah. Weird things happen. People just act super erratically after that. And he's just like, I'll go back with my girl, go wish my dad a happy birthday. It's going to be all right. It was at his dad's birthday party. Which means he socialized with people. Yeah. And he was chilling and having a good time. And no one clocked that he was. And now he's going to be sitting there crying, saying, I don't know what happened. Well, prick then how about you remember what happened because you're in a bit, in a bit of trouble it's, it's baffling to me how you like you said how he can act normal after some no. you know such an incident but anyhow they accuse him of you know wanting to do something to her body because that's why they they think he was driving back to the dump site yeah it's a but, grabber because obviously he was probably pissed when he did that just like yeah. a quick solution before the roomie comes back and yeah. now he was like, I need to actually properly dispose of her. But then but it's, it's too late now. But it was two days after, so God knows. So the weekend he was too busy having sex with his girlfriend to yeah. go to his dad's birthday party yeah. instead of getting rid of, you know, the well, body. Honey, priorities, you know, we all have them. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, that's just so silly. Like, I don't get it. Or maybe he just realized that, oh, shit, or maybe, have I maybe done? it could be. But I think he, he I don't mm-hmm. think so. I think he realized he had to do something about it. But I just think he Pro- waited. Do you know, this is this yeah. is where procrastinating gets you. <laughs> Prison. There you go. 
And then even when they asked him, like, you clearly were about to do something to body. What were you planning to do to the body? Uh, be honest. He was like, I don't know what I was going to do. Mate, why do you have all these things? Well, you clearly had some sort of a Yeah, you vision, clearly had you know? an idea as some kind of plan. You went over there. He had driven there. And they were like, well, why were you coming? And he was like, well, I've driven there before, like in the last couple of days. And I didn't do anything. And, you know, he kept saying that he didn't have any hard plans to do anything. He was just thinking things over. But it doesn't make you any less guilty. No. You know? Like, anyhow. Anyway, how, how, I don't get it. So he says that he's been driving there at like, oh, whatever, over the last two days. Yeah. And he really didn't, it took him two days to come up with a plan? I don't know, man. It's, it, I don't, I don't understand this man. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I hardly ever understand them, but this one really baffles me because it doesn't even make any I sense. I mean, I'm not, I've never done murder or any kind of stuff like that. <laughs> for the record well, oh. I'm just thinking that if I was in a, a like sticky situation whatever it is yeah. like it's a sticky situation if it's not handled immediately then you might as well just fucking go to the police yourself do you yourself. understand then things will go badly yeah. then the first priority and I am a biggest you know babe the, how much <laughs> I procrastinate and even I would be like yo maybe yeah. I should get this done 100% you know? it's this just is, so it's just it's not something that can wait till tomorrow this is one of those things that you you have to do it now immediately yeah but anyway, so they were like, so what were you going to do with the top and the gasoline and everything? And his answers were just like, I don't know. I don't know. It was really just irritating and just annoying to, to listen to because it's like, me, stop. Yeah. Stop I, the lies. Yeah, I'm annoyed as well. Just listening about his stupid bullshit. Then the officer asks him, was she alive when you, you know, when you put her in the bin or when you dumped her? And he was like, no, she wasn't. And they were like, well, how do you know? And he was, this is him sobbing this is, throughout the whole situation, crying. It was really hard. Like every answer took forever to come out of his mouth kind of thing. But it was like, she wasn't breathing. She wasn't moving. And the police officer was like, but you used to be a paramedic. Hmm. So give me like, tell me properly how you knew that she was dead for sure. Yeah. Which is a, you know, very, very good yeah. point. You know, the rest of us can be like, oh, oh, that person's dead, but a paramedic yeah. must know, they must should know, know exactly what how to handle things. Exactly. Yeah. Now, he says that he can't remember anything from Michelle, uh, Michael, uh, uh, Mitchell's place. Sorry. Uh, a bunch of names. <laughs> that that one. <laughs> yeah. Like, he was like, I don't remember anything. The last thing I remember is getting out of the cab with her, going towards the um, apartment with Catherine, and she paid the driver. Mm. That was all he remembered. That's all you can say. He's like, everything after that, I can't really remember it. And the police officer's like, well, you've got no history of hurting women. You've got no real history of hurting anyone. And then his girlfriend's name was Brittany. And he's like, you have no history of hurting Brittany or doing anything to her. So where, like, what happened here? Like, what possessed yeah, you very odd, to yeah. do this out of the blue, you know, hmm. to, to this person you don't even know very well. You have no history with what was the reason. And he just couldn't answer it. He gave no answers. He just, you know, he just carried on crying. Um, after the interrogation was over, he did write a letter. Um, I want to read a little bit of it. So he was like, I don't know where to start. I only hope this will give you some closure. I never wanted this to happen. I've always been a caring person, but this is my darkest moment. I don't expect you to forgive me for what's happened, so I won't be, I won't ask for your forgiveness. I do need you to know that I am so sorry this happened. If I could give my own life to get hers back, I would. I will carry this with me for the rest of my life. I don't know about you guys. It just didn't seem sincere. Is it to her family? He just wrote it and told the police officer to read it. It was an open letter kind of thing. thing. Mainly for her family and and also maybe to his family and other people that are also going to be hurt by the situation that he's in. Uh, To me, personally, I was like, it just didn't seem sincere to me. Um, I just, uh, I don't know. It's easy to say these things, isn't it? Right, listen, I, I don't know. Maybe he did blackout maybe he got carried away but I just it doesn't sit well with me that all of a sudden you black out once and then you decide to hurt her with no previous you know kind of tendencies like that whatsoever that's bit, because if, I've blacked out many times in my life never have I hurt anybody no but if I, myself. Do, if I do black out babe I wake up and there's somebody dead next to me you know what I'm gonna do call the cops because you got no other choice you're just, guys you're, just going you're gonna have to get on with it and figure out what happened because yeah that's an that's a, a legit person I'd say or yeah definitely more legit than him and more honest than him because yeah. uh, clearly I get people panic and stuff but no, if you truly course, did but... nothing wrong, then, you know, you should have taken the, you should have given her some dignity. Yeah. You know? Not throw her under the fucking overpass. Exactly. In a wheelie bin. Come on, man. So he was charged with second degree murder and indignity to a human remain. 
Mm-hmm. He pleaded, typically, as they all do for some reason, they confess at the interrogation, but then when it comes to pleading, they plead not guilty. Oh, motherfucker. Which is what this guy did, even though, you know, he's he wrote a bloody letter and he confessed to the police. Jesus. But he was like, no, it's not guilty. And um, why not? I mean, we've got the evidence. You are kind of guilty. Yeah. Well, unless it was one of those like I don't remember what it's called. Is it Albert's plea or something like that? Where you, oh, what is it? I know it's in America where they, you basically acknowledge that they've got enough evidence to charge you, but you just choose not to say anything, kind of thing. You uh, just, you just, you, you know, you agree. There's enough, but you just whatever. Yeah, but um, but no, it's yeah, not guilty. It's not guilty. After confessing. And I don't think, you know, I don't think it makes any sense to... No, yes, to say, like he's confessed. Yeah, he's basically so. agreed, like, admitted to doing it, whatever the reason might be. He might not be very clear with that, but he definitely yeah. admits to hurting her, so it doesn't make much sense. But yeah, he but he made bail and he was put under house arrest. And now during that time he was under house arrest, he actually got arrested again for breaching it. I looked into it a little bit. He was... Uh, it's a bit confusing when he was at his... He was meant to stay at his dad's house, but he had left and went to his mum's house, he reported, like, he sent a message to the police officers that he was going to do that, but they hadn't re- received it. So when they went looking for him, he was not at the dad's right. house. So they immediately went and arrested him. And then a couple of the officers actually got, like, um, I think they got warned or, like, um, what do they do? They don't fire you or sub- suspend you, but they give you, like, a warning. Warning, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they got a warning because apparently they shouldn't have done that because there should have been a warrant or something like that. But understand, the victim was a, vi- a police officer. So I don't think these police officers yeah. are going to mess around. I think they're going to, you know, they're not going to make life easier for you, I don't think. So I don't think thing. it was intentional, though. But I think there there was like you know no. But if you're under house arrest, just sit in the fucking right house. You you're know so I mean? lucky what are you to doing? be in the house. You are lucky not, in not to in be prison. in jail. Yeah, stop it. Like, can you not just sit on your ass? Can mum come see you instead? Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, so he was arrested for that, and then uh, you know whatever the the trail the trial started now November 2017. So about two years, a little over two years after her death. Jesus. Yeah, it took a long time. I'm not sure why. But it did take two years before they what went to... What year was this? This is uh, the 2017. Okay. So late 2017. Mm. The murder happened in um, September of 2015. Now, what do you think he said was the reason why he pleaded not guilty? I have no idea. I don't understand. Was it like diminished responsibility or something? Yeah, so he... Okay, so it's the usual, you know, or the usual that I've noticed, which is that the police officers, what he, he gave them, he gave the police officers what they wanted to hear. Uh, yeah, so he didn't really mean what he wanted to say, but being in the situation he was in, he just basically had to say uh, and agree to so, certain uh, things. So what is it called? Was it called um, coerced confession there or some bullshit like Something that. like that. So oh, they, get they tried out of that here. angle first. Okay. Now, the defense blamed the victim. They blamed Officer Catherine Campbell for asking for rough sex. Oh, yes. I fucking hate this. He said that... He th- she- but apparently he didn't remember anything, so how do we know that she was asking for a rough sex? And, and uh, two years later... He remembered miraculously. But right then and there, when you're crying and sobbing like a little... Yeah. B-word. I fucking hate yeah, this. Yeah, honestly. That, <sighs> you don't want to mention none of that stuff. But yeah, two years later, apparently she wanted rough sex. Mm-hmm. He And she had asked for to be choked. And, you know, things got out of hand and it was not meant to be a murder. It was completely accidental. Did she ask to have her fucking nose broken as well? So what question, she asked babe. For? Yeah. And a black eye? I don't think <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. So they say it was an accident, but obviously the first question in everyone's mind was black eye and broken nose. Explain that and head injury. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's, that's part nothing of the, the rough sex. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> now, they asked why did she not fight back? The The defense asked them, the people, saying, "Why she's a police officer. Why yeah. did she not fight back? She could have fought back because she was. this was what she wanted. She wanted rough sex. She was going along with it. Yeah. It, it went out of hand. Now, the icing on the cake for this silly defense is that, and what really made this case sort of infamous in, in Canada was that Christopher Garnier was diagnosed with PTSD for murdering somebody. Are you ex... Are you fucking... Have you ever heard of that? Somebody getting diagnosed with PTSD, which is, by the way, extremely serious. My heart is literally convulsing for her family, her poor, poor family, having to listen to this fucking bullshit. Are you serious? So, oh, I killed her, I've got PTSD. What? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I am... Canada, you people need to fucking, like, 
get on top of things with these people seriously. I mean, the people were pissed. The Canadians yes, were not having it. Yes, of course. It. What is they this? They were pissed, yeah. Well, so he needs therapy and fucking meds now because he killed someone? Yeah. Okay, well, boo-hoo. Jesus. <laughs> I am so annoyed. I am so annoyed. So not only is it the disrespectful angle of like, oh, she wanted it, so, you know, just go to her hand. Bullshit. Exactly. I'm not going with that. And now he's got PTSD because yes. he did it because she wanted it. Yeah, exactly. That's, oh my God, that's a different level of victim blaming we've got going on here. Seriously. Wow. Honestly, so it's all her fault. Yeah. You know, why she died. It's not got... Wow. You know, he was just doing what he was told. He was doing what she wanted. Wow. And now this poor, innocent Garnier has post-traumatic stress disorder because he was just doing what she had asked. It's just incredible. The fucking audacity of the whole thing. His dad wrote a letter to the judge that because of all of this that his son had gone through, having PTSD and stuff, his son is now having night terrors and flashbacks. He can't sleep at all or he can barely sleep. You He's know who else can't sleep? Catherine and, and her family. Yeah. Oh my god! And the fact that the dad even wrote that, like, I would have. If I, I was in that situation, like, bro, it it would be too embarrassing. This is like, such it a. Just, it would. This is peak. Oh no, my son is a good guy. Energy, like, come on, man. No, your your son murdered someone. You just kind of have to deal with it. Don't. And you know what? Yeah, you murdered somebody. Even if he, like, say, for example, there there was no malicious. Yeah, which reasoning for could her not to, which, to be honest, it's possible that there wasn't. It's they possible. didn't know each other. There's no reason for him yeah. to hate. He had no sort of like like there was nothing to show that he had a, some sort of desire to kill. None of that stuff. Say for example, it you know what happened had happened, and he now has to accept that he killed somebody, yeah. and he does actually face these things because he is guilty yeah. about what he had done. Tough luck, mate. That's yeah. just what you have to suffer now for the actions that that's he took. It. And you know, it's it, that's the thing because I it is possible. I reckon maybe he was on meds maybe he did black yeah, out he maybe have he a, lost control he, maybe he genuinely didn't mean for yeah. this to happen which is like but I, I don't know but, but I was thinking does a guilty person even if they were facing these things would they even come out and say it that's They'd the thing accept it that like, this is their it's fate the actions afterwards yeah. that are just like you, you need to stop the right actions now. afterwards 100% the things that they've been saying and doing mm-hmm. him and his family members yeah. have made me question just truly how guilty he feels yeah I think he feels more sorry for himself than he does oh, 100% for the police officer that passed away 100%. he doesn't even know whose life was taken unnecessarily and I just really want to know how much he actually remembers from that night but I guess we won't find out the truth will we no Oh, God. Now, he was sentenced, like, so after the trial was finished, he was sentenced to life in prison. He had a parole hearing shortly after where his girlfriend wrote, listen to this, Mm. I consider myself incredibly lucky to call Christopher my significant other. He truly is the best kind of person, inside and out. He has saved me from me and given me something to look forward to for the future. Yeah, the future. The prison visits. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> like, what What possibly... What kind of future? What future do you have with this guy, love, other than visiting him in prison? And also, like, okay, you were on a break. It's one thing to fuck someone. It's another thing to fuck and kill someone. Oh, my God. Jesus. So I was thinking, like, obviously, you know, friends, uh, Rachel and... Um, we keep on coming back to this. Yeah, Rachel and Ross. And I'm not going to lie to you, in friends, I don't know... Were they on a break? Uh, yes, I think so. <laughs> okay. I, uh, I was on Ross's side only because I he would truly, first of all, he felt so bad. Yeah. You know. And, and they were on a break. They were technically on a break. Yeah. But as I grew up, like at the time when I watched as a kid, I was like, no, 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 Rachel's taking the piss. <laughs> Poor Ross. He didn't mean to hurt her. Like, yeah. But as you grow up, you're like, bro, he did do it the, pretty much the same night or something, right? Yeah. Which is off, isn't it? I don't think so. I mean, first of all, I am a strong be- believer in no fucking breaks. You yeah. either break up or you yeah. don't, or you or you work yeah. through it. There's no breaks. We yeah. are adults. Don't don't you know breaks are for sixteen year olds. Fair enough. We're not doing that. No, I think you're right there. <laughs> I was definitely on Ross's side, but in this yeah. situation, because I'm trying to compare. Uh, so I was like, <laughs> it's a pretty, it's a pretty bold yeah, comparison. Like him, him actually going to the club because it was a bit different because he was having a good time. He yeah. was out, he was dancing, he was chilling, he was having a good time. He wasn't hurting over being in the break. Yeah, where and he was, and he was. It looked like he was looking out for somebody he could have. He was out a, to a, hook up yeah, with someone for yeah, yeah. a hookup. It seemed that situation, and uh, and you and this lady like writes all of this stuff. Um, that is insanity to me. Even because his father, all right, it's his father, but this girl. Seriously? 
Nah. And I was going to talk about this later on, but, you know, she supported him the whole time, babe. Really? The entire, she was there for every single um, uh, court hearing, court uh, appearances. They were hand in hand, walking in together. Um, you know, she was... I just don't get it, babe. That's fair. I don't know. I'm trying to think if, like, my partner did this. Yeah. But then I just... I can't see it. If you're... Honestly, if you're already on a break, you're already going for a rough patch, yeah. I imagine. It's already not great. It's yeah. not rosy. And then they got back together the same weekend, like literally a day later. I just later. can't see a scenario yeah. where we get back together the day after or the same weekend yeah. he murders someone. Yeah. I just can't. To me, yeah, that's... I don't think I could get behind that. <laughs> that's the main thing, right? Even mm. if you can be like, okay, we were technically on if, a break. Yeah. I'm going to let you off for the hooking up part. Yeah, that's Come fine. On this, this, and, and they don't seem to think... Like, the way they were, the, the both the father and the girlfriend and just generally how they're writing and even him they're not talk- they're not really it's considering like, that somebody has passed like no. somebody has life has been taken to them yeah that's the thing it's like a non-issue it's just like him and he's his the life. best he's like the yeah. next the fucking best thing since sli- sliced like, bread oh, his future's gone he's gonna have to spend time in jail well tough luck like yeah. he did this to himself yeah but yeah so anyhow um, do we know why he was the next paramedic or was he a part-time no. paramedic no, he used, he was a former paramedic. He was no longer a paramedic. I don't know why he quit that job. I don't know mm. what happened there. But, yeah. um, yeah, he was a trained paramedic though. It no, was a job yeah, he used to yeah. do. Yeah. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else we should know about, um, about him. <laughs> but yeah, so his parole eligibility was set for 13 and a half years. So that, that was another court hearing. That, is, that, that sounds on. pretty generous anyway, to be fair. I mean, it's, uh, it, he might have to serve longer. They might yeah. not even give it to him. They might make him serve longer. But, um, yeah, so that was what, that, that would be his m- minimum time, I guess, if he was, if he was to get his parole. Now, the PTSD treatment, and this is the issue that a lot of Canadians had, is already that the re, that to use PTSD, a serious condition, a lot of young men and women and everyone, and even people that have been in wars decades, um, before are still suffering. Yeah, actual people, victims of assault, you know, seri- of all sorts exactly, of things. Exactly, all sorts yeah. of things. It's a serious, serious situation. Honestly, I am just, ro- you can probably hear my eyes fucking rolling to the back of my head as we talk about his PTSD. So, <laughs> No, no one was happy about it, and and what made it a little bit worse was that um, the treatment was paid for by Veterans Affairs Canada. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, why? I, I didn't understand why as well. That uh, so Veterans Affairs Canada is like part. It's a department in the government, in the Canadian government, and it's responsible for um, benefits and pensions for service uh, men and women that, that were part yeah. of war veterans. Um, he never served. Yeah, how the fuck is yeah, he getting he's that? never served in any type of force, but his dad did. So therefore, oh, he was allowed the services. Yeah. Okay. So people were very unhappy about that. They were like, okay, already this is just getting silly. The fact that the, um, the Canadian look. taxpayers are now paying for his service, no one was happy about that. Now, um, I believe later on, they they did a motion. They took a motion to a House of Commons to revoke um, him getting that uh, treatment from the, the government. But it was defected. I think the reason why, so they basically, they didn't go through with it. It could be because they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to mess up the shit. They, just didn't, they didn't want, want more people coming the, forward. They probably didn't want people, to yeah. set a precedent for that kind there of thing. Yeah. It's just like, oh, well, if he doesn't deserve it, then this guy doesn't yeah. deserve it. And it's like, yeah, just like, and I do, th- and I think that the, he no longer receives it. So I think it was after a little while, they, they, they probably didn't pay for stopped it. it on the yeah. sly, kind of like, yeah, know, 100%. Quietly. What's crazy to me though, from leaving the cab base, so when the two of them, Catherine and uh, this guy, Garnier, got off the, got out of the club and went to the apartment, uh, to him then leaving like that incident from that incident, it literally happened within 45 minutes. So he went from a horny guy dying for, uh, to, to get laid to then committing murder to then trying to dispose of the body all in 45 minutes. That is, that is true. That is that's very, quick, right? that's insanely quick. Like at least, I don't know, like do you, when do I'm you pissed, that's down? how long it takes me to take my boots off. <laughs> I am, there you go. I'm in no state to be murdering I'm, and disposing of So when of I was anybody. looking at the timeline of, you know, him dragging the body out in the wheelie bin, he went out and got the wheelie bin first, brought it to the door and stuff. It was like, literally it was like 45 minutes from 
when they did like, you wow. did you see the CCTV of him doing yes. it? Did they, he look like swaying or kind of no, like this? He looked like he was just he looked steady enough to carry uh, the move it. He didn't look like but but one of the witnesses that had seen him you know uh, wheel the bin said that they had made eye contact with him and he looked mad fishy uh, mad right. weird. Okay, yeah. so he was a little, he was messed so up. So he must have looked, of course, naturally, you would have got to be, right? <laughs> you know, and he was wearing like shorts and a t-shirt and I just, I just thought to myself like, and he wheeled it all the way to, I couldn't believe it. And then he dumped the bin somewhere else as well and then he got back home. Oh, so he didn't even bring the bin back. No. Just... I don't know how it works in Canada, but in the UK, you can't just like, Mate, if, yeah. if my bin gets stolen, I'm calling the police. Yeah, I think we have to tell the council and <laughs> no, it's like, you have to procedure. get the council. Yeah. yeah. You have to buy a new one. Bin, you have to exactly. pay for a new one. It's a joke. <laughs> bins but yeah so yeah like, so that's an insanely tight timeline 100% another thing that was also like got to me while I was reading the story was that okay so a strangulation is how she died right so he's uh, he said that it was accidental um, asphyxiation am I saying that asphyxiation, asphyxiation. yeah yeah, yeah. I said it right the first time. Right? Anyway, <laughs> so that's what he says is what happened is the reason why she had passed. But I'm thinking you're a paramedic, right? Or you actually, you have paramedic training. So did you not try to revive her? Did you not try to like... Uh, exactly. And as a paramedic, you should know at what point to Do you understand? Stop. So even if it was rough sex and hmm. it was going out of the... Like, say we take his story to yeah. be the truth. Like as a paramedic or somebody that has that training, would surely like you would be able to see that okay, this is going too far. And again, I don't think that he was drunk, too drunk to not yeah. notice. I wouldn't give him that. Well, maybe think, that's why he was no longer a paramedic because he was a shit one, possibly. <laughs> possibly and couldn't tell the yeah. difference when you know someone can be. But that's the thing. It's like even if he was a shit paramedic, like he should have been able to revive but her. This is, uh, we, we're but talking, no, this is... But th- we're talking as if he was an innocent man. But that's bear thing. in mind that she had a black eye and a fractured nose I was just and about a head to injury. So clearly more things happened yeah. that he's not telling us. But if we were to take his story... Yeah, face value. These are the problems I have with the story. Yeah. Because I would say, like, even, I'm not a paramedic, babe, but if somebody fainted or somebody was struggling to breathe, I'm going to bloody Google what I can do I'm going to try, try to do call 911 and be like, help me, uh, this yeah. person's not breathing, what should I have to do? Like what? Or we'll do whatever. Well, we have we have a good dear friend of ours who works for the NHS, and she's like in an emergency. Even who she said like fucking ten margaritas, she's like on it. She's on it. it. So it's just like it's like second nature to these people. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's bullshit. That's very babe. I didn't even think about. Yeah, that's very true. Our friend, no matter what situation, she will get to the job. Yeah, no matter how fucked up she is, she will know. Like you know, it will just kick in, and she knows what to do. And that's probably second nature for them, especially if they worked for whatever. Paramedics, especially because they have to do that stuff all the time. On the yeah, exactly. So now nah, there man. you go. Yeah, but now obviously something else happened that yeah. night. I think it could be, and and probably the police officers and other people might have, you know, said the same thing. It could be misplaced rage from you know his girlfriend dumping yeah. him, breaking up with him, and then him that same night. You know, maybe he just was frustrated or angry, and he took it out on Catherine. It yeah. could be. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm or just... maybe she said something that he didn't like, or did something that you know just. I don't know, sent him off into a rage. I don't know, but it definitely doesn't sound like it was just a consensual The police did ask him, like, what did she say that set you off? What did she do that set you off? It did anything like that happen? He did not answer to any of that. But you're right, it could be something very little, or it could be yeah. nothing, or it could have been something he's not going to tell us. No. Um, That's the issue. We yeah, he's acting out. like he doesn't even really remember what happened. Now, like I said, the girlfriend was just... Re- the girlfriend bit really kind of like... I just I'm a little bit cringed out by that. Yeah, I, I found it really off. Um, I, I just I don't think mm. you know even if he was a great boyfriend or whatnot this guy like this is just not acceptable this what he had done you know mm. there's so many flaws in his story somebody had died uh, like I just don't get it I don't get how could she could be so supportive it's just especially it's like mad for me I, girl I don't get it. you're next you know that right when he flies into a rage again because what the hell who acts like that I don't, I don't know but it was it was really like um, it was just cringe you're right I, that's how I felt when I watched it yeah it like, it's just this whole kind of like doing. show of support yeah. it's just like come on really what's that about when he was sentenced, um, actually for, you know, life in prison, obviously he's got the parole, but when he was sentenced, she cried hard at the <laughs> sentencing. And what like, was she expecting? Yeah. And then the two of them had like a long ass eye contact or whatever. I don't care. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm cringing <laughs> even more. Yeah. Now. I just, uh, I just think this, uh, I mean, they acted like they were like, you know, Romeo and Juliet and, you know, life mm-hmm. was giving them bad cards or something. No, mate. He just ain't right. Yeah. Simple as that. 
So after he had, you know, killed her, and um, what he did is he dragged the mattress all the way down to the door. Then so, oh, yeah, but about the mattress. So is it one of those, like, um, beds that basically, like a sofa the bed? The folding ones. You know, and when then you, you open, open it up, up yeah. and it so it turns into a bed. Into a bed, basically. So how do you even take a mattress out of that? I thought it was quite hard to take it out. Oh, I think the mattress was already there, and it might have happened on the bed. I'm not sure, but... He... No, 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 but I mean the mattress is connected to Oh, it's not to connected the... to the... Oh, is it yeah, not? Yeah, it's not ah, connected to okay. it. Okay. So you can pull so it out like... and put it in. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, but the thing is, so, so basically he had taken, he had dragged her body to the door using the mattress. Then he had put her into the bin and, um, taken her away. But the mattress was never found. Yeah. And a lot of other things. He, and then when, after he had dumped her, he had come back and, you know, he dumped the bin somewhere else as well. He had come back and then he got rid of all these other bits and bobs, like the mattress and some other evidence and stuff. And he cleaned up as much as he could on all of that stuff. So, um. Oh, yeah. A lot of blood for, um, asphyxiation. Yeah. And it was, all, yeah, exactly. And it was, mm. it splattered because it was on the TV. It was there and this. Yeah. So, mm, okay. And, uh, so yeah, so that's hiding evidence on top of all the other crimes. Like, there's just no way to look at this guy as an innocent guy that did something in the spur of the moment. Yeah. Even if it was spur of the moment. You know, at least when you came back and you had your little nap, because apparently he had a nap after he came back as well. Oh, um, my God. At least after that, you'd be like, well, what did I just do? Let me go and, and come clean. Or something, right? Yeah. To be fair, like, hypothetically, if I was pissed, I killed someone, I would probably be like, <laughs> but then I would probably need a couple of hours to sober up and a few good coffees yeah. before I go speak to the police. Possibly, but yeah, I am probably. speaking to the police. I am not doing any of that weenie bin stuff. And I've actually, I've read a lot of stories. I've actually, I've read a couple of stories where it, rough sex has gone wrong. And well, the one that panicked. comes to mind is Grace Mullane most yeah. recently in New Zealand, isn't yeah. it? Bless but her. I think and that was situation. a fucking disgusting trial as well. Yeah. What that fucking prick. Oh my in, God. In that case, babe, remind, uh, like, refresh my memory. Was it genuinely a rough sex gone wrong? Uh, I believe she, she was kind of into like S&M and kind of rough sex, but then, um, he was just a monster because he had a proven I believe he had a proven track record of violence against women so he basically used her kind of like you know kinky side yeah. to justify killing her and it was yeah that's the thing it made it all dirty because okay so what she was into it like it's all about being safe like these people have safe words they have like that's right, you know exactly. it's all about being safe so, so, that's so you might like being choked out but you have like yeah. you know a tap out moment where you're just like this is and enough even when you're choking someone I think you can see when it goes too far yes Be that, that was the point because yeah. like he was choking her out for like 10 minutes or whatever it was it's like no it literally no. takes you need to stop as soon as yeah. and you need to like let, let them, them breathe get the exactly. oxygen going again and, and I've, just, I've read stories where you know rough sex has gone wrong I, there was a TV program I remember watching years ago I think I was too young for it but anyway <laughs> um, and, and there was a lot, a lot of examples of mm. like rough sex has gone wrong and people would call up the police immediately yeah. call up ambulance they'd come they'd take them sometimes and that's how you deal with that the people have died but at yeah. least you didn't you know the other person was not attending like um, planning on or wanting yeah. them to be dead because they did what they had to do they realised oh shit this has gone south um, and they called uh, and ambulance know, they called yeah. police they tried their best in many cases the person did get rescued in some cases they didn't unfortunately these things happen but like if you were truly innocent that's what you would have done that's how you deal with it you know you would have tried to revive her immediately. and then you would have called for help yeah. Even if you blacked out and you would have woken up, you'd have seen her there. You'd have called, you'd have, you know, immediately and said, yeah. and apologized and cried and said, I, I didn't mean for this to happen. I don't really know what happened. I blacked out, but I woke up and I found her like this. Something, it would have probably made it a lot better for him if he, you know, yeah. you know, sensibly. Definitely. He probably would have gotten off with like, you know, if, maybe if that a was the truth. Of years or, it, what, it, or maybe not even. Even that. Maybe not maybe even. Just, be like, you, know, yeah, you know what? He was accident. not intentional. It was accident. He, he did the right thing by calling the police, you know, yeah. it would have been a completely different situation. Yeah. But all these other, you know, sly things that yeah. you've done is the reason why I can't, um, like, I don't think anyone is going to accept him as a as somebody no. that innocently, accidentally got into this kind of situation. No, 100% no. not. There's, there's something else that's happened that yeah. night. But, yeah. So, so again, so you know how these cases work once it's, once you're in prison and, and your trial's over, there's appeals and stuff. He did have an appeal. He had appeal around December of 2019. So a couple of years after his uh, um, original uh, court hearing, a Ghanaian's lawyer had argued that the interrogation should have been ruled inadmissible. He told the appeal panel that Garnier tried to invoke his right to remain silent more than 40 times during the interrogation, but police kept pressuring him to talk. Oh, shut that. What even the... What? Yeah. No. He loses the appeal for... You yeah, know, because it's stupid. Murder. Yeah, but... <laughs> 
I will say this though, um, police officers I've noticed in some of the cases are very good at getting you to talk even if you don't want to talk. Yeah. And this boy really But that's did their job, try. isn't it? Yeah, this boy, this man hmm. really tried. Like apparently for the first eight hours or so, he really didn't say anything. But they cracked him. They they yeah. pressured, pressured, pressured and they cracked him. I think they're just doing their job. Yeah. It's your if you are smart enough, especially if you're a killer, and you're smart enough, you will not open your mouth. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Like Especially have, that, that, like, you know, in countries like that, they don't use torture. They don't. They don't use any of, like, you know, that they, kind of you stuff. You could sit there on the chair Just for 10 there. hours and not open your mouth. They'll ask you 150 questions. You, yeah. you don't open your mouth. You don't say anything. That's it. That's it. That's the end of that. Yeah. But he he caved because he was so he felt sorry for himself. I'm telling you, mm. he was crying. He was worried about himself. He was scared, and then he caved and he 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 confessed because he did it. And and they had enough evidence anyway, so yeah. he probably got nervous when he saw that what the, all the information they had collected and everything that they had. But um, hundred percent, yeah, hundred like, percent. But I'll, I'll better just like tell them my version of the story right now, and yeah. they're like, oh, be poor. But babe. how many times, babe, have you come across a story what we've read where they um during the interrogation they confess or they cave they give information they're not meant to give and stuff and then later on they'll be like no uh, pleading not guilty yeah. and regretting the choice it's like mate you have you live in a country where you have the freedom to keep your mouth shut that's actually an option for you yeah this one I don't really get was it like perhaps he got some lawyers who were like no actually we're going to do a switcheroo now and we're going to like I, it probably I mean but would, I don't know if he had the same lawyer or, or the different lawyer but both lawyers really stretched I think to save him. Yeah. The first way with the whole rough sex and the, you know, her fault yeah, and kind PTSD of, mm. and all that. This guy saying that it's, you know, which is, a, it's a fair point, but I don't think it matters in this particular case because if you watch the interrogation, he does volunteer, like he answered the questions. That's on him. Yeah. Do you understand? 100%. Yeah. I need to, I need to check him out. It's on YouTube. Uh, yeah, you could yeah, probably, yeah. and you can see his um, pictures and stuff. He looks like an everyday sort of guy as well. Okay, everyday girl, Joe. Yeah, and the girl, is, looks. she was a pretty um, a, a police officer, Catherine uh, Campbell, and uh, she seemed, based on what people were saying and stuff, she seems like a nice person, just living her own life, minding her own business. Oh, yeah, letting her tear down every once in a while. Yeah, Whatever, she, man. Exactly. And um, she picked the wrong fucking guy that night. Unfortunately, and that is just, that's like, that's luck uh, now, isn't it? That's just bad yeah. luck. There's I mean, really nothing else thing. to say here. That's the thing. That incredibly, incredibly sad. And it always makes me, I don't know, obviously as a woman, I take it particularly hard when they like to blame the women. Yeah. Even, like, you know, especially like in a sexual way like that. Oh, so, oh she liked rough sex. So fucking what if she did? It's, you know, it doesn't mean that she deserved to die. That was okay to kill her. But yeah, unfortunately, there's plenty of cases like that out there. But um, do you have anything interesting to, for us to end on oh, this yes. week's episode. Yes. So I did tell you guys that I'm trying to find fun facts, but unfortunately it's really hard to come across. It is hard to, facts. with the fun bit. <laughs> yeah, but I am going to try and like find something lighthearted. Hopefully I'll get, I'll get the hang of it. But okay, I right, listen to this, babe. Jeffrey Dahmer, which I think we all know who he is, one of the most famous ones, um, had so many bodies in his apartment that he ran out of room and stored one victim in his bathtub he proceeded to shower over him every day for a month. So think about that. He stood over the body. I knew it was there, but I didn't know it was for a whole month. Yeah, I didn't even know is... this. I did not. This is the first time I heard yeah. this. So I was shocked. Yeah. Oh, bloody hell. That's very funny. Imagine standing on top of a body, a, a corpse. A month That's rotting, in. by the way. Yeah. For a whole month. Can't to be clean good. and fresh, uh, freshen up. Like, that's that's how you clean up. That literally defies the object of what you're trying to do. Yeah. But, um... Thanks very much for the Darcy. It's a very nice, um, you know, kind of image in my head for us to finish on. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for listening, guys, and we'll see you again next Thursday. Thank you. Bye. Wait, before you go, we would love to hear some feedback. So if you could leave us a review or drop us an email at podofterror@gmail.com or find us on any social media at Pod of Terror, we would love to hear from you guys. Bye.